True welcome, Gordon. Hi, well, my name's Gordon, and I'm introducing myself because I recognise that there's a number of people here I don't actually recognise who, who haven't been around before, so hi. Um, and what we're doing is, is we're going on a bit of a journey at the moment through what Scripture calls the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so um, we're actually at part six of that journey. Um, so just a little recap for those of you that haven't been on the journey with us is one of the things that I just felt the Holy Spirit just prompting me to do was to sort of take us on a journey to begin to restore the gifts of the Holy Spirit in power and reality into hope. So that's what this is about, and that's, that, that's where we're at. And today's talk is actually on one of the gifts of the Spirit that's listed in there called Distinguishing Between Spirits. Now, in all the time I've been part of Hope, which is about 20 years, in actual fact, all the time I've been a Christian, I think, I don't ever remember hearing anyone giving the talk on this one, okay? So... If this one goes wrong, it'll either go really weird or be a train crash. But that's okay. I'm, I can cope with that. I will get a bit insecure if it does, but I'm sure somebody will pick me up, okay? So I've got no... I've never heard a talk to earth this on, okay? Um, so it's listed in the Gifts of the Spirit that we've been going through in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10. And it's listed there alongside prophecy. And I think it's connected with prophecy quite deliberately. And we've done, we've done several on prophecy, and we're now going to come into this distinguishing between spirits. So I want us to just start by just diving into something, into the Old Testament to start with. And I've kind of been wanting an excuse to kind of preach off of this chapter for ages, because I love it. It's one of my favourite chapters. So we're not actually going to use it that much in the talk, but I thought it'd give me a bit of an excuse. Um, so we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I'm going to start, just for the sake of time, at verse 15. But the run-up to this, there's a prophet Elijah. Elisha, sorry. And the thing about Elisha is, is that the way that one of the ways that his gifts worked is he could actually see what was going on elsewhere. And that's something, you know, that sometimes when you prophesy, you can sometimes, when you're before God, sometimes you can actually see what's happening. I remember a time when, you know, Kyla was out somewhere and I could actually literally see her in, as I was praying, where she was walking, who she met, that sort of thing. Now, the thing is with Elisha, is he, he was like an advisor to the king, and he could actually see what the um, enemy king was talking about in secret. And he reported all that back so that the king of Israel then knew exactly where to put his army. Okay? I thought that's so cool. I just love that story, right? So the king of Aram, who was the king who was getting a bit, bit fed up with this, um, decided he was going to take out Elisha, yeah? Um, so th this is in, um, we're, we're landing this in verse 15. They, so all this, he, he sent his whole army out to take this one, one prophet out. And there he was in this city just with his servant. And it says here, verse 15, And when the servant of the manor got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. So the king of Aram had trapped them in this city. They were all come to get him. 
Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those that are against us. One, two, loads of enemy. What's he talking about? And then Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. He looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire. In other words, all the, the spiritual forces that God had got on their side and he was able to see them. And as we've been saying, that the gifts of the Spirit are like essential power tools to enable us to be effective in our mission. They're not just sort of for us to play around with in church, but they're there for our mission. They're power tools for our mission. And the ability to distinguish between spirits is actually one of those gifts. It's listed there as saying something that the church needs to have and needs to use. Now, the spiritual world is actually very real. Yeah? doesn't seem very real to us in the West. In actual fact, it seems reserved for the sort of weirdos and new ages and people like that. But in actual fact, it is. You know, if I was giving this talk in, in Africa, for example, in Uganda where I go, they wouldn't bat an eyelid at it. But over here, they think, golly, Gordon's going to go weird in a minute, you know? Um, but I want to just, just, just try and earth us a little bit in that. So I'm going to ask some questions, right? Who here believes that coronavirus is real? Yeah? Okay. Who here, probably apart from people who are doctors or whatever, have actually seen a coronavirus? So you haven't seen one in your role. So no one here has actually seen one. But we've all seen the horrible effect that it has, haven't we? Yeah? But we've not seen it. Who here actually believes that the Holy Spirit is real? Yeah, pretty much most of us. And, and if we don't, then cool, because God, he can reveal himself to us, yeah? But who here has actually physically seen the Holy Spirit? Actually seen him? There he is, just like I can see Tom. Has anyone actually seen him? Yeah? Not even Brian and Pat, and they've been walking with Jesus for a little while, yeah? But we still believe in him, don't we? And we believe in him because we feel and we sense and we experience him, don't we? Yeah, we see the effect that he has, we feel the effect that he has. Yeah, it's not just some abstract concept, is he? We, we feel and experience him. And it's a little bit like that, that, that that's because he, he, he's there, that spiritual world is actually very, very real. Yeah, and when we're sick and we get healed, you know, that something of the power of God who we, that we can't see has made us better, yeah? And who here has actually ever physically seen an angel? Actually seen one, as in, like, like you know, Tom sitting there. Anyone? One person, yeah? Two. Pat has. Pat has, you see, yes. <laughs> but most of the rest of us haven't, yeah? But how many people here might have sensed that there was some presence that was from God, something like that. Definitely. I, I have. Number of occasions. Now angels, they do seem to cross over a little bit and that's quite acceptable to actually see them because scripture says that. But what we took, so what we're talking about in that story that we just read was that it was all those spiritual forces around. They were really real. They were, they could do stuff, but they weren't seen. Yeah? And that is what we're talking about is that God and his angels exist in this invisible realm 
that we often encounter, sense, feel, hear through various spiritual encounters and experiences. Yeah? I mean, you know, this, it's really right. I remember a little while ago, I was on this, this trip to Amsterdam with business, and we went on this little tour around Amsterdam. Amsterdam is a pretty hedonistic place if anyone's been there. It's not the sort of place that you can kind of feel God much, yeah? That's my view on it, anyway. And um, anyway, this lady was giving us this tour. She said, oh, I want to show you this particular place. I love this place. It's hidden between these houses. I call it my place of peace, right? That's how she described it. So went into this, this, up this narrow aisle between all these sort of um, coffee shops where they smoke stuff and all the rest of it. Tiny little narrow. And went there, and there was a courtyard at the back. And at the back of the courtyard, there were two churches, one on either side. One of them was like a traditional Dutch Reformed church, and the other one was a, a Roman Catholic church. Okay? And so she took us in to the Dutch Reformed church to start with, and it was just a traditional kind of nothing experience. You know what I mean? It was just there. It was empty. There were some Bibles lying around and pews and... Yeah, fine, it's a Dutch Reformed church. And then, you went, and then, she, then she said, oh, and I'll show you the, the other one. She says, but we need to be quiet when we go into this one. Because this, this Catholic church is, since the 1600s, they've, ha- they've been running 24-7 prayer. We think 24-7 prayer, by the way, is a new thing. Apparently, in this place, they've been praying constantly in this place since the 1600s praying for the, the country, praying for, I don't know what they're praying for, just praying, okay? So, walked into this place, and it was, whoa, I know that feeling, <laughs> yeah? That's what we mean by it, sets the Holy Spirit. And there they were, there was probably about half a dozen, dozen people there, and they were just like that, just, just praying, I don't know whether they were talking in Dutch or praying in tongues, but they were just sort of standing there and just praying like that. You can feel the presence of Jesus in there, Yeah? Because they'd been praying there all that time. I, and I just thought, whoa, and I just stood there. Forget it was Catholic and people, people like, people, Protestants and not so like Catholics. Jesus was there, okay? <laughs> and they'd been praying there all that time. I just thought that was so cool. And, but the thing is, is that not everything that we experience or that people share or that happens to, to people or that we sense is always the Holy Spirit, Okay? So that's what this gift is about. So what's the Holy Spirit? What's not the Holy Spirit? Yeah? And I've just, I've just made up a little kind of... Um, this is really corny, what I'm about to say now. Okay? I made this up. It's really corny. But I've made it up to hopefully it's so corny people remember it. Okay? So this is my take, and I'm not going to sing it, don't worry, on a, on a well-known children's hymn. Okay? And this is my take on it. All things bright and beautiful, all spiritual experiences great and small, all things weird and wonderful, the Lord God is not the author of them all. And that's really enough, I know, but it just helps me kind of remember and that sort of stuff. And I just felt like we just need to recognise that not everything around is Jesus, okay? And so I just want to just look now for a few minutes, at what this gift is and how does it actually work, 
Okay? And then we'll look at why it's important. Okay? This gift is the gift of, well, the gift of the Spirit that actually tells us what is behind what is being said or happening. Okay? So, everything that takes place, something is behind it. Okay? Don't worry, I'm not getting into all weird spiritual stuff here. This is just the some motive, the something behind it. Okay? Everything that happened this morning, everything that was shared, everything that we meet and encounter, there's some heart behind it, there's something behind it. And this is the gift that helps tell us what is actually going on and what is behind something. Yeah? And, one of, and, and as Richard has been talking about in his, his little talks, he says that we're actually engaged in some spiritual warfare that is real. Which means that it's really important when you're engaged in warfare to know both our friends and our enemies and who they are and how they work. Yeah? Okay? And when we're looking at where things come from and where things are sourced from, there are different sources for things. Okay? So the first one, not, okay? They're not necessarily in any order, they're just the order of, I've, I've pulled these from Richard's talk, by the way, because I tried to earth it in that. So the first one would be in the warfare that we're involved in, in the thing that we're going to do, something might be coming from the devil or the wrong, or wrong spirits, yeah? So let's not get all weird and spooky about that, it's just real, it just happens, okay? Um, I remember the first time that I, con- I went back to try and think, when was the first time I kind of sensed something like that? And, and, and I hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit very long. A very, very shy teenager, probably about 16 years of age. And I used to just sit very, very quietly. And we were in the group of, there was a group of kind of us youngsters in someone's house. And we were just there hanging out. And this lad had come to visit that apparently had been involved with the church in the past and he was visiting back you know like people come back and we're all in the house and we're having pizza and and chatting and every time this this lad spoke he was just chatting you know just like everyone else not not saying anything odd or weird but I was just sitting there minding my own little business but every time he spoke it was like I had this impression of a snake coming out of his mouth I don't mean I literally saw one okay it was like a impression of this snake coming out I think this is weird because I wasn't used to that stuff I mean this, this kind of weird stuff happens with me a lot now, but back then it was kind of like, well, what's going on? Anyway, so he was just doing, and every time he spoke, I thought, well, this is weird. What's going on? And the, um, and I hadn't said anything, by the way, at all through the whole thing. And I just said to this chap, oh, are you involved in the church now at all? Because we were Christians, and that's what kind of Christians talk about. This guy suddenly blew up at me, I don't mean blew up literally, just exploded with anger and said, you think I'm not a Christian? And he started screaming, shouting, and literally ran out of the house. And everyone looked around and said, oh my goodness, what's happened there? Basically, there was some wrong spirit going on there. Don't know what it was, never saw the guy from that day to that, but I just thought, you know, that's kind of how this stuff kind of works sometimes. Yeah? Um, another, another one was uh, a few years ago at work, there was a particular destructive situation going on where, you know, someone's actions could have destroyed 
our business, but it just seems so strangely odd the way this person was reacting. There didn't seem to be any purpose other than them being destructive in their actions. Does that make sense? And couldn't work it out. And then just sat there looking at this person, trying to talk to them rationally about the way they're acting and what was going on. And I just suddenly sensed the Holy Spirit say, you're dealing with, you're dealing with the spirit of mammon here. You're not dealing with normal, rational thing. It's, it's, it's mammon, the love of money. That's the root issue here. It's a spiritual force. So I just began to just pray quietly about it or whatever, and the whole thing resolved. Because he says you resist the devil and, and, and he flees. Okay? And and because sometimes these things aren't they aren't all like, you know, you see on horror channels and stuff like that. I mean the scripture says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. That means if you want to see demonic bad spirits, go to the city of London, go into the kind of financial world that I work in. There's plenty of it there, yeah? Doesn't look like people with strange rolling eyes and stuff like that, but there are spiritual forces involved in that sort of stuff. And the thing is, is the kingdom of God. God is a supernatural provider of money too, and there's a whole God side to that. But, you know. Then the other source of things where things can come from as well is is where, where the battle involved, is what I've called, what Richard called the flesh, or I've just called the human spirit. You know, we say bad spirits, and the human spirits. You know, have you ever sort of heard people share stuff, maybe at church or talk or whatever, and you think, what's, there's something not quite right about that. You know, it might not be that there's some demon or something like that, but often there can be things like anger, Fear, grief, pain that's behind the way these people are reacting. That's why the distinguishing of spirit says, ah, that's, that's grief that's going on there. That's what's causing that. That's, that's anger and hurt from the past that's causing that. You know, it's so easy to kind of, for stuff like that to come out and it comes out wrong. Yeah? And that's where this gift can come in and just say, that's what it is. And you just go and help that person. Yeah, is that, with that. Then sometimes it's what, what, what we call spirit of the world. It's part of our battle. You know, there's a, you know, the world. That's like the spirit of the world, the spirit of this age. And, you know, sometimes things can come that are out of that. They're out of what that world value system is and, and that sort of stuff. And sometimes you, you hear people sharing stuff, don't you, and prophesying and bringing stuff and things like that. But what they're actually doing is they're just bringing it out of that, out of their opinions and, you know. I'm always very, very sceptical when people start making political-type prophecies. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I think Donald Trump's going to be the next president or whatever, all that kind of stuff. You know, because often it comes out of people's opinions and people's world views and things like that and we all have those don't we we all have world views and it's just again distinguishing the spirits can just help us just filter what's just coming out of that to what's of god yeah and then the final one which is the 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 really cool one is stuff can come from the holy spirit too yeah and it's actually the distinguishing the spirits is saying where's god at work yeah Walk into those two churches, one of them full of the Spirit, one of them just dead. Yeah, doctrinally and theologically, we'd probably go for the dead one. Yeah? Oh, that's, 
I'll let Jonathan, John, pick that one up. But do you know what I mean? But the, do you know? But the, but the thing is, is where's the spirit of God at work? Where's God at work? You know, is God at work amongst us here at 9.15? Let you answer that one, you know? Or, or, or is he somewhere else, you know? But the thing is, is, is that's the thing. It's sensing where God's at work and seeing where God's at work. Like that prophet, he's, the, the, the servant thought, oh, we're under attack. The enemy's going to take us out. Don't worry, God's at work. Yeah, and we can see stuff like that, and it's really, really real. And, you know, we can sense and see where there are good spiritual forces, God's spiritual forces, angels, if you want to call them that. We're not going to go weird, don't worry. But they're real, okay? Isaac's seen one. But <laughs> they're really real. I mean, I mean, there are sometimes, there are, and I've got no theological backing for what I'm about to say, so John can correct me afterwards if there's time before the kids come back in. But this is just kind of how I sense it, and it might be wrong. I sometimes feel that the, the way you tell whether there's an angel there is it, it feels a bit like the Holy Spirit, except the Holy Spirit is kind of all around. Whereas this, with an angel, it's almost like there's one particular spot. And now that's... I haven't got a theological thing for that, but that's kind of how it seems to work for me. So it's almost like when I was driving along in the car once, I was just driving along, minding my own business, just, just on the motorway, and just suddenly felt this presence next to me. It, wasn't, it was a good presence, a Holy Spirit type presence, but it was next to me. It wasn't all over me like the Holy Spirit does. It was next to me. I thought, ah, oh, right, that must be an angel there then. Um, and I'm going to say something, something else as well. I reckon there's one in the Rusiaba room. I don't know what it is, but whenever you go there, whoa. And don't the prophecies flow in that place, yeah? Go and have a test if you're wired that way and see whether you feel the same, yeah? I reckon there's one in there, yeah? And now I told you this could go weird, this talk, but don't worry about it. Now, the other thing is, as well, when we talk about spiritual battles and spiritual warfare, when I read the New Testament and I read through Scripture, I seem to think, the way it seems to read is, I know people get all into weird stuff about spiritual warfare and it's all the spooky stuff in the air and all this kind of stuff and all that. But actually, when you read it, it's primarily to do with preaching and advancing the gospel. You know, the Apostle Paul, when the bit that Richard's doing, he hasn't got to this bit yet, about Ephesians 6, about the armour of God and the spiritual warfare. He then says, pray that I'll have boldness to preach the gospel. You know, it's when the gospel's been preached and people have been praying, that's when the, that's when the attacks of the enemy will start coming. It's amazing how many people got ill and felt bad just before the encounter camp that we've just had. You know, it was advancing the kingdom of God it kicks off some demon stuff, yeah? And we just need to be aware of that because if, you know, if we're just in a nice, cosy little meeting, not, you know, devil's quite happy with that. But, you know, if we're advancing and preaching the gospel, that's when it kicks stuff off. You know, you're doing your prayer gazebo, you know. Just expect a bit of, you know, don't, don't be freaked by it, but don't, you know, you might get some stuff kicking off, yeah? But that's where we need to use this, Yeah? Now, the other bit I've got here, that this gift, 
just to kind of earth it again a little bit, it actually isn't a gift of criticism, because some people think that they've got the gift of discernment, but basically all they want to do is criticise anything they don't like in the church. Yeah, It isn't primarily about our feelings, although the Holy Spirit does work in those, but it's not just because, you know... I don't feel what Gordon's sharing this morning is that good, therefore he's got a demon. You know, that's, you know, that, it's not primarily about that, yeah? It's also not about our intuition, although those things can actually work, but some people can be very intuitive, but that isn't the same as, as the, the revelation from the Holy Spirit. But it's similar to prophecy. It works because we've done prophecy a bit, and it's very similar to prophecy because it comes from revelation from the Holy Spirit. Revelation, something that's hidden. Yeah? You know, if someone's kind of, you know, big demonic figure with big horns on it, walking around with a red tail, you know, you don't really need much discernment to see there's something not quite right there, you know. Not that it works like that. Yeah? But what, the way I think of it works is I'm going to use a real good theological term now. So if you have anyone who's theologians do it, this is a bit how the gift works for me, right? It's just a good theological term, you know. It's what I call spiritual wibble wobbles, <laughs> yeah? You get this kind of alarm, wibbly wobbly kind of feeling. That's that kind of thing. Ooh, something bit, bit wibble wobbly, yeah? Yeah? And that's where you start. Noticing that the gift is beginning to work, yeah? And I wonder whether some of the people here have felt that and not, you tend to push it down and think because we're in the West and that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Yeah? So there you go, spiritual wibble bobbles. That's, that's yeah? Now, I want to just quickly come landing down to earth is why is it important? Because Gordon's talked all about all this, some of this weird stuff that's out there and all the rest of it. Here's some points. I was thinking, why is this gift important? Is this just some kind of gift for people who are into that kind of slightly odd stuff, or is it not? Well, here's the points I was thinking. I was thinking about this talk. First of all, the enemy is a good liar. Okay? As we said, you know, if the way that he worked was blindingly obvious, he wouldn't need any special gift for it. Yeah? But he is a really good liar. He deceives and he lies and he looks good. Forget, say, forget your horror movies and stuff like that. You know, it, 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 this is stuff that, this is often stuff that sounds good, sounds plausible, whatever. You need revelation for it. Yeah? Often the way that, he, that stuff like this presents can appear charming and rational and logical. Do you know what I mean? It can appear, you know, that, you know, I mean, don't you, do you really think it's wise to have a prayer tent? I mean, I'm, I'm, this is not, you know, this is kind of, this is the way it can work. It's, you, you know, you know, maybe it will cause disruption to the crowd and all sorts of things like that. You know, that's the kind of stuff you mean where you think, oh, hang on, is that true or is that just, does that, is that some spiritual force that's, behind that, you know, it's, it's more subtle than just some attack like that. Does that make sense? Yeah? The scripture describes the devil appearing often as an angel of light. Looks like he's God. That's why you need this, this gift. The scripture tells those that lead the church to protect their sheep from wolves in sheep's clothing. In other words, they look like God. There are people that will come and try and get amongst the people of God that are bad news. Yeah? 
And that needs the gift of discernment of spirits to do that. It do, it's not obvious. If, if it was, if they just appeared as a wolf, looking like a wolf, you wouldn't really have... <laughs> it, you know, you'd just say, you know, it's obvious, but they look, like a, they look like they're God. I mean, look at some of these awful scandals that keep coming to light. Do you know what I mean? Charismatic, um, public figures that people follow. And yet, look at some of the spirit behind some of it that then comes to light, you know. And where was the gift of discernment amongst that lot? Well, maybe it was there, but people were too scared to say anything because these people can be powerful and charismatic and that sort of stuff, yeah? Um, And it's also really important to know where God's at work. Sometimes he's not at work in all the froth and excitement. He's just moving quietly in someone's life over there. And the gift of discernment of spirit says, yeah, God's in that. We're just going to do that today. Yeah? So, and that, you know, to know that. The thing is, is without this gift in the church, we're left. We're just trying to work things out by logic, reasoning, the obvious, experience and intuition. All those things are, you know, are good. But that's all we're left with, you know. And we, we operate in this spiritual realm and we're supernatural people and that's where the spirit of God can just show us stuff yeah so when you sense stuff or see stuff don't just dismiss it, it might be the Holy Spirit for it, yeah and so I'm just going to come now now with some application Um, the first one is do you have this gift has God given this gift to you for the church, for the building up of the church. Then I'd encourage you to use it for those reasons we've just gone through. Yeah? Not to be some weird critic that snipes around or comes up with spooky stuff, but to protect the sheep, to advance the gospel, to set people free. Yeah? It's so exciting setting people free with this gift. We were at the encounter camp that's just gone, and um, it's, just, it's just like this is one guy there and it was like he saw the bad spirits that were troubling him and then saw an angel and I won't give all these personal details but we were able to then use the gift of prophecy to go back through his early life and what had happened in his life and use this to say well that's this this thing is what's these stuff and and I thought they were like little pixies really there was a big angel protecting him and he was like what he was doing was is he was listening to these voices, because he thought that, I don't mean he, he had mental illness, he, he, we, he knew what they were, that he was listening to what, what was being said by these things, because he felt like that it would develop his character as a Christian by listening to the wrong stuff, and that would help, it was, it was all a bit odd, but it was, but that's what happens, is the devil can deceive like that, and we're just able to pray, set him free from that kind of stuff, yeah, so, do you see those sort of things and dismiss them? Yeah? Because it's not very Western. It's not very kind of what we do in Worcester on a Sunday morning and that kind of stuff. It doesn't, it's not very logical and rational and, and that sort of stuff. And, you know, I, I'd encourage you that if you do operate like that and God has given you that gift to start developing it. Right? Now, some of this stuff is a bit odd, okay? 
to us in our Western culture. So I just encourage you, just go and talk to the elders and leaders of the church about some of the stuff. Yeah? It, 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 you know, they might not have seen it. Yeah? But don't just go to them with criticism and stuff like that. But I'm talking about stuff that the Holy Spirit's revealed. Yeah? And let them help work it. Because they, you know, they don't know all things, you know, and they might not have seen some stuff like that. So what I do sometimes, I just privately go and chat with Richard or whatever, and it's up to him there what he does with that. Yeah? Um, and then finally, I'm just, we're just going to give the opportunity right at the end. We're not going to ask anyone to come forward or anything. But does anyone need prayer for setting free from anything? We talked about this stuff in the abstract, but if anyone needs any prayer, the presence of Jesus is here. There's power here to set captives free. If anyone struggled with it, one particular thing that I just felt, you know, that I wanted just to share is one of the areas where you can't, you can't get this stuff going on is in bad dreams at night, okay? Because I see a lot of dreams from God, but it's also where I, I have stuff, right? I remember I was in Uganda and um, middle of the night, and it was like this evil, dark presence just kind of came in. It's all, whoa, like that. And, and the dogs outside went berserk and all the rest of it. And you just, just had to pray against it. And sometimes in the middle of the night, stuff like that, if you're ever in bad dreams that are tormenting you, you know, they might be caused by all sorts of things. But, but if anyone's having anything like that, afterwards, just come and get someone just to pray for you, just set you free from that. It's not big, spooky stuff. It's just Jesus' power and Jesus' is, is, is presence. So got to half ten, end of, end, of, end of this talk. I just want to just pray for us right now that, 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 that the Spirit of God just rests on us. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I just ask for a spirit of revelation to be upon this church. Let this be a place where we see where you're at work, know what you're, where you're working, know where the enemy's working, able to see what you're in and what you're not in. And I just pray for an increase in the supernatural here, an increase in your power, an increase in your presence. And Jesus, I just pray that people right now, anyone here today who's troubled with anything like that, with the, with the authority of Jesus, we just say be free from it now in Jesus' name. Amen.